Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Diane. And we are suburban moms trying to make room in our lives for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. We hope you'll join us on the journey to think more and do with less. We are continuing in our series, A Minimalist Home, where we talk through each room of the house and share ways to stay minimal so you can make the best of the space for your family. Today, we are talking about kitchens. Great. And before we get into that conversation, we want to share a review with you from Camilla Palmer. She says, appreciative army mom. I am an army wife living in an insular isolated location and these podcasts help keep me company during the day when I am playing and spending time with my children. As a family that moves every two to three years, this podcast really helps us keep our belongings and consumerism in check with useful, practical tips and entertaining conversation. Thank you. Oh, that's great. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside that we're helping the military families because that's so needed with them moving so often. Mm -hmm. I can see how minimalism would play a big part in their lives. That's Mm -hmm. really great. I agree. Well, I will share the minimalist resource with you all this week. It's a YouTube channel that I have started to follow along. I've gone down a YouTube rabbit hole recently. I just can't get enough. I feel like I'm watching it more than television. So, or Netflix even. It's very understandable. Yeah. So her name, I want to say is Sarah Therese. Her tagline is health, minimal, natural beauty. And she not only has just a lovely video feed on here, but I went to her Instagram and she has a lovely feed on there as well. But she's very practical. And I don't know, I, I guess I tend to go to what's pretty. So maybe that really appeals to me, but I would definitely check out her videos. Just great tips for beauty and life in general. Mm -hmm. Awesome. What is your minimalist moment of the week for us? Well, we have been on a journey to renovate our basement and to do that, we've had to get rid of a ton of stuff that was just thrown down here. So we have been going through all the rando boxes mm-hmm. that one accumulates, and we found some great resources. We've been trying as we get rid of things to do, to dispose of as properly or as responsibly as possible, which isn't always easy, but we found actually that it's easier than we thought it would be with just a quick Google search. And a lot of times the municipalities or your police department, our county office have a lot of places or a lot of drop-off spots to recycle things. Just recently, we found out that our township office recycles technology, old technology. So you don't have to, you're not supposed to put your old phones or computers, anything like that into the regular garbage because for fear of the batteries exploding, I think. Yeah. So that was... um, Which I never knew that. yeah, Yeah. That was news to me as well. So it was very easy. I mean, it's really close to us. We just dropped it off one morning on the way for school drop off and it was done. So it was really wasn't any more trouble than donating something. So that is my encouragement to everyone to just look up maybe places that you could, if it's an odd item. I know things like old paint. um, What about medications? Medication, yes. That's another one that uh, we found. I think it was our police department, actually. Because 
I guess in the landfill, if they disintegrate into like maybe the water system, is that why that is? Maybe I think I, so. I don't know. I probably have something. Whatever. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah, do don't it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's dig into the kitchen. This is a huge, huge space for the family. It is a family gathering space since homes have been in existence. The hearth where food is made has been the center of the home. This is the place where we connect over food, teach our children the importance of manners and taking turns. It's a gathering spot, at least in my house, whenever company comes over, everybody comes in the kitchen to see what's happening, what food there is. Uh, It's where birthday candles are blown out. And in our modern kitchens, it's also where our family command center is, our calendars and where the kids do all their homework. So the kitchen just has a lot of stuff happening in Mm -hmm. it. And it's a very important space to keep minimal and functioning really well for your family. And as we start in on this conversation, I just want to give one encouragement to all of our minimalist moms in that I feel like there's this pressure to be perfect in this area. We always have to have the dishes done Mm -hmm. at the end of the day or all the counters always have to be cleared off. And that just really isn't the reality for a lot of us. Back in our episode 48, we talked about the top five clutter zones. And in a study from UCLA called Life at Home in the 21st Century, this, this little nugget stuck out to me. It said that empty sinks are rare, as are spotless and immaculately organized kitchens. All of this, of course, is a source of anxiety for the moms and the parents. Images of the tidy home are intricately linked to notions of middle-class success as well as family happiness, and unwashed dishes in and around the sink are not congruent with these images. So basically, it's saying that everybody else's kitchen is a hot mess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't put this fairy tale version in your mind that it needs to be spotless at the end of every day. Now, certainly, that's a great goal to have. Mm -hmm. And not that we shouldn't strive toward that, but let's not beat ourselves up about it not being a beautiful space or the perfect space or always clean and tidy for everyone. So that was just my one little moment of encouragement before we deep dive what into what could be very overwhelming because Mm -hmm. the kitchen has a lot going on. There are lots of moving pieces and parts and it it can be a difficult space to keep functioning well and, and clean for your family. It's one of those spaces that you're in every day constantly. So it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Diane, you want to, you don't have to go in extreme detail, but just describe to us your kitchen. Yeah. So my kitchen is, I think I mentioned to you before, maybe 10 by 12 or 12 by 12. It's very Mm -hmm. small. We own a duplex, so we kind of have like half of what a normal kitchen would be. But when you enter through our dining room, to your left is a stove. Across from that is a little bit of counter space with a sink next to it. The refrigerator's next to that. And then across the wall is this old pantry that I'm hoping to get rid of sooner than later that we actually took from someone that was moving out of an apartment at one point before we moved in. 
to our house. And so even though it's somewhat of an eyesore for me, that's where we keep all of our food because we don't have a lot of cabinet space as well. Above the counters are some cabinets, but it's just honestly a very functional kitchen. We don't gather in our kitchen. I would love to have that at some point, but it's more just this kitchen is the space where we cook our food and we mm-hmm. leave. And <laughs> is we're it only in here to cook. Like, is there a table in no, the kitchen? There's no, there's not. No, okay. At all. Yeah, it's seriously so tiny. I mean, the back door is there, so it's an entering space too. Mm. And the thing that I'm finding so frustrating is that we always leave our shoes there. So there's Mm. piles of shoes because especially if you're changing your shoes, you have your workout shoes, your sandals in the summer, but also like maybe some boots that Marty might wear with some jeans. So I feel like it becomes very cluttered. So I'm kind of working on an idea with my mom to maybe get that taken care of in the Mm. near future. And your home is... An older home. Like yeah, when 1916. Was, so very much an older home. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. a historic home. Yeah. So historically, kitchens have been holed away in the back mm-hmm. and weren't gathering spaces. They mm-hmm. weren't necessarily where everybody hung out. It's where mom went and cooked something and then came back, came out. And with, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's... Um, you're you're kind of battling the history of the house as well and how you That's function true. I in never it. Thought about that. Yeah. I mean, it's just very. We painted it completely white. I do have one hanging plant, but I mean, it's just it's here for functionality. Right. So. Right. Yeah. What about you? Well, my kitchen is more of an open gathering spot. My home was built in the 80s, mm-hmm. so it it wasn't quite in the era of open format, but our first floor is mostly open. It's one of those things where there's the, uh, the stairwell is in the center and it's a circle around all the other rooms. So our kitchen occupies the better part of the back part of the house, Mm -hmm. but it is fairly open. It's an eat-in kitchen along the back wall. There's a ton of cabinets that goes into a built-in bench where we have our table and then on one side's the fridge, and then on another wall is the oven, cooktop, uh, hood, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So it is very open. We intentionally kept it that way. We renovated our kitchen a year or two after we moved in. Not because that's when we wanted to do it, but because our oven broke. Mm. It was... Oh gosh, I don't even think even six months into moving into our house, we were, yeah, we just started it up one day and it did nothing. (laughs) Was it your oven or did they leave it here? No, it was original to the house. So it was, you know, 25 plus years old at the time. Yeah. And it was a teeny, teeny, tiny wall oven to the point where you couldn't even put a baking pan in long ways and shut the door. Mm -hmm. So everything. I had to find smaller pans when I moved in to cook in this oven. So we knew we weren't going to keep that oven anyway. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't just immediately replace it with a different oven in the wall because we would have to, it was built into the cabinetry. So you would have to knock out all the cabinetry. It was just (laughs) the way it ended up. We were going to have to redo the whole layout of the kitchen anyway. And we were going, we were planning on renovating, but not that quickly. So we ended up doing what we wanted long-term for the kitchen instead of doing, like, maybe a quickie fix mm-hmm. that we could live with at the time. So it it's beautiful. I love it. It is really my dream kitchen. 
and we are really blessed to have it. I was going to ask you, you're not a big cook, are you? No. I didn't think so. Yeah. (laughs) No. Uh, I built in all that I needed. I'm sure if I was a huge baker or something else that I would add more bells and whistles in that regard, or I'd have like a baking cabinet or something. But I say that because my mom was over watching the kids the other night and she entered the kitchen. And that's why I said she's starting to help me kind of redesign or just have a vision of redesign. But she said, it makes sense that I don't cook very I'm not into cooking mm-hmm. and it's because it's not inviting it's not like hey come cook in me sure. because it's just I said it's functional but I think if we could do a few things more maybe add some more cabinets I like get rid of all that clutter on the ground that it would be more inviting if that makes sense mm-hmm. I don't know so we'll see I'll keep you guys posted because this is something I do want to do in the next mm-hmm. couple of months Great. So let's dig into the different parts of the kitchen and how we can keep them minimal. Before we even get into all that's happening in the kitchen is decor. And we kind of threw some shade on decor in the bathroom in our previous episode. And I feel similarly about the kitchen. There is so much going on with cabinetry and lighting and under cabinet lighting sometimes mm-hmm. and all of the surfaces with the the refrigerator, the dishwasher, all of these things that there's enough going on with the eye that you don't necessarily need to decorate the walls if you even have wall space Mm -hmm. because a lot of times there isn't much wall space. So you kind of, anything for me that's out, or I should say, if we're just talking about wall space, I have one one print on Mm -hmm. my wall and that is about it. Though we could, we did have on one side tiling all the way up to the ceiling. We could have put something else on there, but I just like it as it is. It's kind of a, a... What's the word I'm looking for? Like a white space Mm -hmm. place for your eye to rest in all of the stuff that's going on in the kitchen. A kitchen can feel not necessarily cluttered, but busy with everything that Mm -hmm. is going on and it's in there. So it is kind of nice to quiet that space or at least the walls. Also, I was thinking if you want to decorate, quote unquote, just get some neat knobs, knobs for your, yes. Yeah. Knobs for your cabinet, get some interesting lighting fixtures, or like I said, plants are great. If you have some natural light and they don't need a ton of TLC, that's what the plan is that we have hanging. Yeah. And that's a great idea too. If you don't have any wall spaces to have that hanging plant, Mm -hmm. or if you don't have enough counter space, I should say you don't want to take up counter space either with, I think my problem with actual decor on the walls is that it just becomes greasy with if you don't have a range to kind of take in some of that oil what Absolutely. It, yeah the smoke the everything i just feel like i don't want to have to clean something else it's just something else right. for me to clean right so. it also harkens back for me when i feel like when when i was growing up or maybe in the 80s, I would say it was a mm-hmm. thing to have all roosters or yes. there was a lot of themed kitchen stuff mm-hmm. going on. All cows, all of oh, yeah. very themey. Yeah. Um, and now I feel the the trend has gone the opposite way. And let's just make it, you know, more of a sanctuary because mm-hmm. there is so much going on in that space. Now, if your favorite animal is a cow and you want to decorate with cows, you go hog wild. Oh wait, no, <laughs> hogs are pig. <laughs> Different animals. I'm mixing my themes. Anyway, moving I'm keeping, on. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. All right. So the fridge, 
I want to talk about the fridge really quick because that's kind of like a wall. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a space that we decorate. I would encourage everybody to clean off your fridge. And not only for that visual break, but in that study we referred to previously, they talked about, and this is a quote from the study, this iconic place in the American home, the refrigerator panel, may function as a measuring stick for how intensively families are participating in consumer purchasing and how many household goods they retain over their lifetimes. So in other words, the state of your refrigerator is directly linked to how much clutter is in the rest of your house. Mm-hmm. And that is that was amazing to me. Mm-hmm. So using that, refri- and I know it's tempting to use it as, not that you can't use it purposefully, like we have one little dry erase thing on there for people to write things that have run out that I need to get at the next grocery run. And that's very functional and useful for us. But that's the only thing that's on the front of the refrigerator panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how about yours? Is yours yeah, ours is off? bare, um, with the exception of we do have some magnets that we'll pull out for the kids to put the magnets on it. But I mean, I'm pretty good about taking those down and just mm-hmm. like keeping it bare. But I would just say, if you want to display your kid's artwork, maybe choose one piece as opposed to covering it. Sure, yeah. I I don't know. I feel like maybe that's a personal preference. But, I mean, we do have this study that is saying that it's linked to kind of chaos in other areas. So Right. So if you have... I'm envisioning refrigerators I have seen mm-hmm. that have layers upon layers. Like mm-hmm. you, have, it's an archaeological dig mm-hmm. <laughs> to get to the, through all the coupons and the pictures from ten and twenty years ago mm-hmm. that have been stuck on that fridge. That uh, just adds kind of a. I know some people may argue that it adds like a coziness and a warmth, mm-hmm. but for me, at least for me and how I function, it translates as chaos. <laughs> Well, and it makes me a little more stressed. And shout out to a mantra that's coming your way soon. I'm thinking if you have quality pieces over mm-hmm. the quantity of pieces that you have, I feel like you'll value those maybe one or two pieces that you put on your fridge as opposed to having so many things that you're not really seeing anything and valuing right. any of it. Be you know? able to appreciate it more. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Counter space. I feel like this is another area where... It is very precious, Mm -hmm. the amount of counter space. Not everybody has adequate counter space. So what you're able to use or what counter space you do have, I really want to make the case for making that, keeping it as clear as possible most of the time. Mm -hmm. Now, there are things that you may need to store because you use them daily on that counter. And I would say that is the best use for the countertop are things that you absolutely use daily that are functional, but that doesn't not mean to say that they cannot be beautiful. These are things that you're viewing every day. So you want them to kind of uplift you and feel, make you feel joyful about them. But I think they can also do double duty as really functional. Our friend, the Nestor uh, has posted pictures recently of her coffee bar that she has in one corner of her kitchen and she said you know i just it brings me great joy to see the pretty cups lined up and the cute little saucers or uh, you know containers for the sugar and whatnot and i I think we can kind of use that as as an example of a way that you can have pretty things on your counter but then be functional i think sometimes we we 
run into the trap of that duality of it has to be one or both. Like mm-hmm. if it's functional, it's not going to be pretty, but mm-hmm. we need it anyway. Mm-hmm. Or having to have a vignette on our counter at all times. You know, mm-hmm. we need we need a pedestal with maybe fake fruit or whatever, you know, how yeah. <laughs> like that used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we can really, so the things that you need to use on a daily basis, that is what your countertops are for. And in general, I kind of use that uh, ratio of the things that I use the most are within arm's reach or length, even in the cabinets. Mm-hmm. And the things that I use least are really up high or hard to get or behind things in cabinets in general. So that's one of kind of my tips for trying to figure out where things go and what you want to do with things. I think this was a real struggle for me when we first got married because I honestly had only lived on my own for a handful of months here and there. Long story. <laughs> but uh, when we got married, I wanted to create a home for Marty and for us. And so I got those tubes of pasta or just yes. random things that we really didn't eat, but they were decorative in my mind. So like, I just had this like basic sense of like, this is what I've seen. This is what I'm going to do. But then I had to end up cleaning them all the time. And then it's like, I'm not even using these. I have to work around these all the time. It's taking up space. So now we really just have like our blender, our Vitamix out there every day. Cause we use it every day. Our coffee, um, Chemex French press right there for us to grab, and it just makes it so much easier. And it lo- it does look better because mm-hmm. all that pasta was, I mean, expired. We never used it. <laughs> Not to say that you can't do that, but put like oats in there if you eat oats every day. Maybe put your coffee grounds right. in there if you eat if you drink your coffee every day. You're talking like those little canisters. Yeah, that you would it set just out. we would put weird beans that had to like yeah I don't know just random things that we weren't regularly using. Right, so, that makes sense. Yeah. The things that I have out on my counter, you know, I have kind of different zones. You have the dishwashing sink mm-hmm. zone. So we have just a little, it's a dish that has, I always like to keep pretty soap, you know, yeah, like it's a, soap, it's yeah. a pretty, it's Ms. Meyers yeah. soap and dishwashing soap out and a, a little tray for the sponge. And then we have the coffee maker that's out there all the time, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing around it. Everything's kept in the counter above it. Mm -hmm. And then next to the oven, there's a little pedestal that has olive oil, things that we use for, yes, it's like a little cake stand that that has, um, yes, just the things that we might need day to day for making eggs in the morning Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So... Um, and that's really, oh, we do have a bowl for fruit, mm. you know, banana stand. We have a, a hanging basket. Fruit. There you go. Yeah. So, I forgot so, to mention that. Yeah. So it's both functional and beautiful and I enjoy, it doesn't register as clutter. It doesn't, mm-hmm. and I don't have to dust it for the most part. That's the thing that you don't want to get into too. You want to give yourself more chores in your kitchen than you already have. Kind of the opposite of that, of having vignettes and kind of things around is also, clutter being around because the kitchen counters can often be a drop zone. People coming in Mm. there, the kids are putting their homework or they're just the papers that came out of their backpacks in certain places or the mail's getting dropped there. And 
there's just, it can be chaos. And then you mix it in with the food and the cooking. Mm -hmm. There have been many a paper that have been ruined by splattered grease Mm -hmm. or things like that on our kitchen counter. So we're really, I mean, actually, we're not even really great at this yet. I've I've purchased a, a vertical file thing for our mail. We haven't put it up yet, but... Because that area next to our stovetop, for some reason, just becomes the drop spot for the mail. Mm -hmm. And we sort it, and we put the stuff that we need to address in that pile, and then it you know, just sits there. Mm -hmm. We might forget about it or it gets spilled. So yeah, that's one part that we need to really figure out. But on the other side of our kitchen, we do have kind of what you would consider as the kitchen command center, the place where... We have some vertical files, or I should say magazine files, that we keep one for each kid that we keep all their stuff in, and um, a couple clipboards that we put that is kind of doubles as a decorative spot. So we put that's where we put their artwork and switch out even calendars for their Mm -hmm. school and things that we need to know. So that's kind of our, we have that designated and it's the farthest away from food (laughs) as possible. And that is our kind of family command center where we keep all of those things. So I think it's important to have those zones as well. Mm -hmm. So you know that, so it's not just a dumping spot. So certain parts of our counter are complete no-fly zones. Nothing can, you know, we try to keep those clean and free of items. Not that that happens all the time, but that is that is the goal. Anything else with countertops? Anything I wish that? I had more of them. This, see? That's, yeah. yeah, that is the usual wish. Mm -hmm. So let's dig into the cabinets. Cabinets are frustrating sometimes because we don't have enough of them as with counters and they can be just the place where you throw things. And then I think we all have a cabinet that we open up and things fall out. Mm -hmm. Like it just happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When we redesigned our kitchen, I tried so hard to have the right kind of built-in organizers because we were starting from scratch. So Mm -hmm. it was the opportunity to really do it my right in my mind and think ahead to what we would store in each place and what functionality we would need out of that cabinet. I would say every six months go through Mm -hmm. the cabinets. And when I say go through, that could be like opening it up and saying, no, everything works in here and closing it back up. This does not have to be a very long process. What works best for me are time periods in which lots of change is happening, say, before school starts. You're already gearing yourself up for mm-hmm. a new routine and things that work and don't work in your environment. I really think that it's something where you're prepping for dinner, you put the casserole in the oven, you have 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you can go through one or two cabinets during that time and mm-hmm. just take your time. Don't feel like I have to go through my entire kitchen in one day. But if you tackle one spot mm-hmm. every other day, you'll have it done in no time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's um, kind of one tip to stay on top of that organization. Another way is, like I was saying, to think about the function of each cabinet. And if you can't build it from scratch like I did, there are many things that you can utilize 
and you don't even always have to buy them. We've used old shoe boxes or shoebox sized plastic containers mm -hmm. to corral our lids. You can use those little dividers to make sure that your utensil drawer, mm -hmm. not just the, the kitchen cooking utensils, you mm -hmm. know, the, you might have them on top of your counter, but ours are all in a drawer and sometimes those just get kind of chaotic. So you can use little things to divide those or platforms that you can say, put spices up on mm -hmm. so that you're not so constantly digging through a drawer mm -hmm. or they make little, little lazy Susans that you can so put have, into yeah. cabinets. Yeah. We have a platform with a lazy Susan on it. There you go. Spices. There you go. So. We use that. We have a little lazy Susan thing that houses all of the kids' plastic okay. cups and bowls that's that's and good. that kind of thing. And that's yeah. been really great. And it's something they can easily spin and find what they want mm -hmm. too. So um, that's also another consideration with kids and mm -hmm. the kitchen. Mm -hmm. You often want to think about them and what their needs are. We have strive to make it as easy as possible for them to be independent. One thing we do to make it easy for our kids to also live in our kitchen is we have a stool there that they can reach their utensils, make breakfast for themselves in the morning. Now that they're old enough, we've asked them to do that so that I can take care of what I need to take care of. And, you know, they're not doing anything complicated. They're pouring themselves cereal or making toast. But um, that is something I've made sure that they can reach everything. Everything's accessible for them. And they're not going to hurt themselves in the process. Mm -hmm. When your kids are smaller, sometimes you have to have those locks that mm -hmm. I'm not... I wasn't one to have that one cabinet that was designated for kids to play with stuff, mm -hmm. but... That's a definitely an option. Did your do your kids do that? No, they're locked out of the kitchen. <laughs> we have a <laughs> completely. Gate yeah, they're like they are completely. I not know. Able. I said I have those magnets. That's typically when I'm not cooking. Yeah, it's a safety issue to just not have them in there when I'm actually cooking. If I'm like doing dishes, I let them be at the magnets. More so Charlotte than Martin. There's just too much. The dog food's in there. Like I just don't want him. He likes to stick his hands in that. Sometimes he eats it. So it's just like stay out, get mm -hmm. out of here. So right. And I was never one to have. It's totally a viable option to have them play with the pots and pans and such, but. I just didn't want the extra cleaning, so yeah. I just didn't really do that. They had their own like play kitchen area that they would Same. they would play in. One thing about having that stool in the kitchen, though, is that we kind of trip over it a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, they need it, so we we have a little place we'll stash it when when we're trying to, when I'm trying to cook or move around the kitchen. But um, that can be annoying. Another thing that is sometimes hard to figure out is where to put the trash can. Mm -hmm. Do you have it out in the kitchen? Yeah, unfortunately, I'd love to hide it underneath, but we don't have enough space underneath to where that would work. So we just kind of have it hidden on the other side of that eyesore pantry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very adamant about the trash going out almost once a day, maybe every day and a half, the trash goes out because it's so like open and right there and the kitchen's so small. I don't want it to start smelling in our house ever. So yeah, it's, it's there, but I would like it tucked away. What about you? Yeah. It's white. So it just blends in with our background. Yeah. We've, we've had it underneath the kitchen sink. We've had it in the pantry. Okay. Uh, and so we could shut the door when the kids were little and they didn't get into it. But right now, since we were able to build a space, we mm -hmm. have one of those cabinet fronts that 
looks like all the other cabinet fronts, but you pull wow. it over, pull it out, and both the trash and the recycling are in there, and that's super amazing. I love it. However, guests never know where the trash can is. That's the only downside is we have to let them know. We should probably label it trash. (laughs) Okay, so typical clutter causers inside cabinets. I feel like number one is too many dishes or multiple of dishes. Hmm. Do you have two different sets of dishes? Maybe one fancier, one not so? No, not at all. All white. My mom finally invested in some Pottery Barn white um, dishware for us a few years ago because almost down, I think we were down to like one plate. We were both sharing at one point. So <laughs> she was like, it's time for you to get a set. But we've honestly like dropped, I don't know. We've dropped two, like two of each of those things. So now we're back down to two. So maybe we should invest in a few more pieces, but we don't really ever have guests over. So I guess if you're a host, then you probably need more dishes than mm-hmm. someone that doesn't host. And then our kids do have their separate few dishes that are plastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, and you don't have a dishwasher. Don't have a dishwasher, um, but I do like the white. That's basic. It's um, it's not trendy. It's just going to always be quote unquote in style. So I feel like I'm going to keep it until it breaks, which in my case, maybe every year. <laughs> it should last longer than that. So what about you? We over the years have gotten rid of all the fancy things we did when we registered for our wedding we had a nice set of dishes Mm -hmm. and then a everyday set of dishes because we just thought that's what we had to do Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of what our parents told us to register for or was on every checklist Mm -hmm. on wedding registries and we have since sold them because we never use them. They just got dusty. And yeah, purchased a just white set of everyday, actually, Ikea dishes. Oh, they yeah. were. <laughs> and then we could replace them easily mm-hmm. and cheaply. But we do have a set of 12 because there's seven people in our house. So yeah. one meal, we're using most of those dishes. Plus, we do have a dishwasher. So. We can use multiple sets and, you know, have them in there and wash them all at once. It's funny, not to go down a tangent, but that you say when you first got married, you did things a certain way that you wouldn't necessarily do it now. And I Mm -hmm. know that that's with learning or becoming more minimalist now, but I would just encourage people, if you haven't made changes since you got married, go back and look at what you did now and kind of like who you're becoming and what you're shooting for. I mean, it's time. Like you, I just feel like we follow all these prescriptive rules of, okay, you're getting married. We need all this stuff. And it's just uh, so unnecessary. I don't know. I just, I I see that common theme with both of us. I needed these things on my counters. You needed the fancy dishes. I don't know. Do you feel like people do that just because it's what society says? I feel like in general, society is getting away from having fancy dishes and the china and there's such a glut of it in the antique malls and, and thrift stores. I don't think people are anymore doing that. But mm-hmm. I totally understand your point of examine. Don't just keep things because you've had them forever or somebody gave them to you for your wedding. Examine what you really need now and mm-hmm. who you are now and what you would like to be your future self. One thing I think also can be overrun your cabinets are glasses for mm-hmm. some reason. They sneak in. They do. All the time. They do. <laughs> People, you get them free for giveaways or you go to an event and you come home from any carnival or fair with an extra cup or glass and 
they just multiply like rabbits. So that's something that we're constantly combing through our shelves. Even glassware, mm-hmm. for example, we purchased, I think it was three or four stemless glasses, mm-hmm. wine glasses, and have just been using those three or four. Mm-hmm. And recently I realized I don't need all these huge bulbous wine glasses when we only use the small ones. Even company doesn't care. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get them out for company, actually. Yeah. You know, so we got rid of those. We got rid of all the flutes. Oh, yeah. Those kind of things. It's not like you're drinking champagne regular. I mean, maybe you are. (laughs) I'm not, personally. (laughs) Drink it out of your other glass. And if we do, that's what we would do. We would drink them out of the ones. I drink it out of my red Solo cup. (laughs) (laughs) Fancy schmancy. I'm just kidding. I don't do that. But, But, no, the coffee cup. The coffee cups, yes. I had to get rid of several because they do just build up and they're so cute and they're that is the retailers the marketers they want you to buy them because they're so cute and i find myself consistently going back to my same one so why am i gonna have eight Mm -hmm. i don't have eight people over ever so right i don't know yeah i've tried to curb that with the idea of this cabinet right here we have one shelf on one cabinet that holds the coffee mugs if it does not fit, mm-hmm. if I cannot fit another one in there, one or I go. want to fit another one in there, mm-hmm. yes, one has to go. And I try to keep it to, I'm not strict about it, but I try to keep it to a general color scheme too. Mm-hmm. So if I see a coffee mug that's super cute out, out in the wild somewhere and it doesn't fit my certain aesthetic, then mm-hmm. that's my excuse in my head. Like, okay, you can't buy that. It's not going to go with the other ones. Its buddies are going to feel left out. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, you that's post more than one. I do though. And, like, I'm sure with getting your kids being older, like, and it would be nice to have hot cocoa in, sure. in the winter and fall. But so. like you said, even that shelf holds probably 15 coffee mugs. So yeah. we're good. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. good. <laughs> Another area that can get overrun and can cause our drawers to jam mm-hmm. are kitchen gadgets. Anything from small to very large. Small ones can be things like apple core peelers or strawberry, what are those called? Do you take out the top uh, of the yeah, strawberry? I don't know what they're called, but I know. Lemon ball about. or melon ballers yeah. and all these little things that you might get at a party of some kind of kitchenware things <laughs> that you feel pressured to buy and you think, I will use this every day, and you never use it again. Garlic presses. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of things that 90% of those things you can do, and I heard Rachel Ray say this once in a show, 90% of those things you can do with a knife. Yeah. Most of them. You can crush your garlic with the side of your knife. Mm-hmm. You can obviously cut an apple. Banana. And a Oh, there, are there banana there things? There are banana things. <gasps> yeah. There's oh. avocado things now. There's something for everything. The, true. They're, I mean, people are just creative. I actually saw, I was in TJ Maxx the other day, and I saw a banana keeper. It oh. was, it looked like a banana. <laughs> it was plastic. You opened it up and put your banana. I was that like, why funny. on earth would I you need a banana, banana keeper? when I'm done with my first banana, so. <laughs> right. So. Those things can definitely multiply and kind of get our drawers, mm-hmm. junk in our drawers. I feel like I'm making <laughs> euphemisms. I'm not, I'm not meaning to. Not meaning to. Another area, or so if you want to scale them up into larger kitchen gadgets, I remember when I was registering for my wedding, their quesadilla makers were big. Or it was a specific appliance just for that. Panini makers later 
were big. Obviously, any range of George Foreman, whatever. I was going to say I had a George Foreman. Yes. There's a ton of those. Not to say that those things can't be useful, but if you, are you using it? That's the thing. Yeah. Kind of like your Vitamix. Like, mm-hmm. for some people, that would be junk they're not using, or very expensive, mm-hmm. you know. It's definitely an investment, but if you're using it every day for several right. different things that you're doing, yeah. it's very... So evaluate that, and I would say if you feel like it's useful for a certain thing, but you're not into it currently, or like you were saying, it's an expensive investment, you use it for a few months, and then just you decide that's not what you're going to, you don't need it Mm -hmm. anymore, things like that are pretty easy to reacquire secondhand or... We have, we've talked before on this episode about borrowing mm-hmm. instead of buying. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I know, with my mom and my sister, we have kind of a sharing program going. So if one of us really, one of us is really into baking and has all the different shapes and sizes of pans mm-hmm. and weird things that you need to use for baking alone. So if I ever need that, I just go over there and borrow it. Mm-hmm. Um, same with large scale, maybe really large crock pots mm-hmm. or those Instapot things that are now mm-hmm. popular. You can often, if it's something that you're not going to use very very frequently, you can share or borrow mm-hmm. those. So the last area that we want to talk about in kitchens is your kitchen table. Like we said at the top of this episode, it is very often the place where everyone gathers, kids do homework on it. Even if you have other spaces in your house, mm-hmm. like my kid, my oldest has a desk in her room mm-hmm. and she has never once done her homework, homework. on the desk yeah. because usually she needs help or she just wants to be with everyone else. So it is just the place where that kind of thing happens. So our kitchen table is a one of those no-fly zones. We mm. don't have anything on it. We don't store anything on it. Occasionally, we'll have, like, if for some reason, some occasion we had fresh flowers, you know, we'll have a mm-hmm. vase with fresh flowers in the middle. But that's it. Is your kitchen table similar? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the look on her face, you guys. So, no. This is the probably the worst space in my home. We need to create our dining room and we need to make it two rooms. We need it to be an office slash dining room. And that's something I'm also in the process of doing because the dining room table has become somewhat of Marty's office and a a dump space. Mm -hmm. So it's the first thing that I clean off really quickly before anyone comes in to our house. But yeah, I mean, it's always a hot mess. Uh, It's, it's not good, Megan. It's not good. Mm. So yeah, it's. I'm just being honest. We no, really need to get it together in this space. It's usually just a bunch of paperwork of Marty's, papers needing to grade his laptop, all the stuff from his little business. It's just not organized. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I can't say I'm minimalist in this area. So you, you had mentioned before that you were thinking about transforming your dining room. Is that what you meant? Like you're thinking yeah. you need to add a desk? or We want a space in there to where we do have a desk and some shelves above it for us both to be able to run our small little businesses that we have, but also just for him to grade papers because Mm -hmm. it's just, if we desire for that family dynamic at the dinner table, it's hard for us all to sit down there. I think if it were more inviting, as I said, with our kitchen, that we'd be more likely to sit down regularly as a family and eat. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. And I know it's something that you can just shift this stuff off the table, but yeah, it's just... There's only so much shifting before you're like, I really need to yeah, rethink this space. Yeah, it just needs space. to be... Yeah, the space needs to be 
that's besides my kitchen, that's the number one space that we need to reevaluate right. right now. And as your kids get older and they get into school, they're going to have their own stuff that exactly. they bring home with exactly. them. So you're going to have to have a place to put that too. So yeah. yes, I totally understand that. I was going to lie <laughs> and be like, oh yeah, there's nothing on there. But I know that my cousin listens to this and she'd be like, hypocrite. No. <laughs> I'll get back to you guys on how right. this all goes. Well, and one, one way in which kids can also add to the space or, or clutter around the, the table is with the bulky high chair or just kind of little seats or fancy things. Mm-hmm. I know for us, we did not want one of the big... For some reason, why do all the high chairs have huge platforms? Yeah. You know, we found a convertible seat that worked for when they were six months old all the way up to kind of when they needed a booster seat you could take off the front and it just fit into a regular chair Mm -hmm. Uh, and that worked really well for us and was a great way to not have extra stuff and to be able to walk around fully walk around the table because sometimes that can block Mm -hmm. the traffic flow if you have a big high chair we have a high chair from ikea so it's it doesn't have a big base but it does take up a a couple of feet and at the end of our dining room table. So I've thought about getting rid of it and getting one of those convertible chairs, like you said, but our chairs at the dining room table are kind of those bucket seats that are Uh, kind of mid-century modern looking or mod, if you will. mm -hmm. This is here for now. It's just a season. It works for us. There you go. So, All right, minimalist moms, that is a tour of our kitchens. We want to hear more about yours. Did you find these tips helpful? Do you have extra tips for us and how we can keep our kitchen's more minimal. We want to know. We invite you to keep this conversation going. Visit our website at minimalistmomspodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Minimalist Moms Podcast. And if you'd like to receive our show notes via email, text the word minimalist to 444-999 and you will automatically get an email every time we post so you'll never miss an episode and you'll have the links of all the resources that we mention at your fingertips. Thank you for joining us on this journey. We wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.